everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I am fant. I can't hide elves, Robbie. Elves. There are elves in this episode. You're right. There's elves. There's a, a badass horse with a bad attitude. There's just... <sighs> there's there Those things are all... You're all you're stating all facts, Matt. Um, yep. We'll, we're going to work our way through this, Matt together we'll make our way through we'll make our way to the end we'll get to the end of this and then we will never have to talk about it ever again Mm. except when we're comparing other really bad episodes and say is it as bad as this one that's the only time hi guys hi guys we are brought to you by supporters on patreon you support us by going to patreon.com slash the simpson show for only two dollars a month you can gain access to all of our bonus content um appreciate all the people who support us on there helps keeps help keep the lights on i appreciate it and so does matt don't you matt i do uh the patreon people are like the best people in the world best people in the world as we say oh so often this week's episode matt is saddle sore galactica episode babf09 originally aired february 6th 2000 written by tim long who had previously written i think a trails of horror segment but this is his first full episode i believe I uh, can yeah oh wait no yeah he uh he uh he wrote desperately zeking Xena yes oh, he also contributed that one wasn't terrible no he also contributed to Simpsons Bible stories um but this is his first episode with solo writing credit um also this is directed by Lance Kramer and this is his first episode that he directed so two newbies Matt well maybe they weren't given much to work with I don't know. <laughs> We're going to talk about this because this episode is not just frustrating to watch. It's also confusing because I'm not at least there is that, Matt. I will say that it's bad in an interesting way. It really is because it's got all the things we absolutely hate the most. It does. But I we're going to talk about it. Um, the episode originally aired. Let's see. February 6, 2000. It had a Nielsen rating of 9.5 with approximately 9.6 million viewing households. Finished 29th in the ratings. Second highest rated broadcast on Fox that week following, guess what's, following what, Matt? X-Files? Malcolm in the Middle. Where you, I, I, oh. I think I, so the, we're getting to the point with X-Files, it's kind of on its way out. That's right, it's 2000. God, it's, it seems we're, so quick. I know, we're just going through the air so fast. Uh, the chalkboard gag, substitute teachers are not scabs. <laughs> I mean, uh, kinda. They're, that's true, they're not, not really. They're not, they're not, I, I, if you're going to my proper definition of what, you know, union, people break union lines and stuff, they're not scabs. Unless they are when, if there's a teacher strike. Uh, the couch, well, the couch gag, uh, Homer karate chops the couch and it breaks. It's all right. Yep. It's fine. It's different. Yeah, it's a different one. Uh, episode guest stars, Jim Cummings is Duncan. Jim Cummings, most famously known as the voice of Winnie the Pooh. And Laura Walker Cho. The what? He plays Lord Walker Cho in uh, the Mr. Pandaria expansion. It's okay, Robbie. You don't I, have to know I, it. I don't. I, wow. What? Wow. That's all I have to say, Matt. Uh, Bachman Turner Overdrive as themselves. Um, the two, like Bachman and Turner, uh, who were actually recorded separately because they didn't like each other at this point. Uh, they were not there. The Bachman Turner Overdrive did not exist at the time because Bachman and Turner didn't like each other at the time fair enough it's a it it makes a problem with the band when the two people who name the band don't like each other it's a, it's a, yeah. it's, a it's trouble also trevor denman as himself who's trevor denman matt do you know that 
No clue. Trevor Denman is the racehorse announcer, who's an actual racehorse announcer. I, I could believe it. He did a really good job. Yeah, it, it's believable as a guy who was a racehorse announcer. I'll say that. Um, if there's anything wrong with this episode, it is not the racehorse announcing, I would say. It's, it's, yeah, that's pretty much the best part of this. It's, it's reasonable. So, the episode begins with el- the elementary school band uh, playing Stars and Stripes Forever poorly. It's not which I mean, it sounds like an actual elementary school band because Stars and Stripes is a rather difficult piece. I, I mean, we played it in high school and even then they were like, oh, I don't think we're going to do it this year because that's it's tough. I don't think we're up to it. Yeah. And they're they're going so they're but they're going to the state fair. So they need to play something. Uh, Lisa brings up we should do something else. We should do something not by Sousa and not even arranged by Sousa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You have lost me. I I know. I They also lose. uh Music teacher man. What what's his name? Now why can I always forget? Largo. Largo. Dewey. I mean Largo. Dewey Largo. I mean he only has a speaking part every like six seasons. So I guess I, I don't know if I should remember him not. It's been a long time since he's actually spoken, I believe. Um That's true, but I had a kid named after him, so you know. That's fair. That's fair. So they go to the state fair. This is all very fast. So, because the so the Lisa Lisa's band is going to be playing the state fair, and then that's the state fair. It's here right away. Um, Homer, I Homer d- gets out of paying by pretending paying for entrance, pretending to be a Vietnam veteran because he's a jerk. I yeah, this episode really it has like multiple. It's not just everyone thinks of the elves as the thing about this episode at the time and now still. They go, oh, that's the elf episode. But it also has a lot of other things that are not good. <laughs> Besides that. <sighs> so many. So I, very I, many. I, there's, I, I, would break, I would say three big ones, aside from the elves. And we're going to get to them in order, eventually. Oh, yeah. Um, and this is the beginning of one of them. It is Jerk Omer. Um, he's kind of mean this entire... It's, it's not peak Jerk Omer by any means. But he's still kind of mean um, to – it could be worse, I guess, because he doesn't actually abuse Duncan. That's true. He's he's just a jerk to the poor guy uh, letting people in. He is that – this is a squeaky voice teen who just lets him through eventually. Um, there's a bunch of weird products at the fair. I wouldn't say even weird. I would say miraculous. Yeah, right. Like that uh, drain bug or whatever. Man, that would be useful. A little beetle you drop down the drain and it – it clears out the drain, and then when it comes out the other side, it turns into a butterfly. Uh, like, yeah. Little, like, safety scissors that cut through a car door. Uh, that's impressive. But then Marge actually stops and watch one that is less than impressive. It is basically a guy selling glasses to defeat rubber bands. Yep. Folks, how often have you opened your morning paper only to have the rubber band fly off and hit you right in the eye? Never, but it's my number one concern. Well, with the Omnigog system, those worries are a thing of the past. Oh. <gasps> I'm all right, folks. Thanks to my Omnigogs. Yeah. A little late for Lenny. Oh, poor Lenny. Poor Lenny. That's really... I, Marge and Lenny are the, the, the shining beacons of this episode. Everything else, not... Um, not it's not great. I don't know. I, I don't mind Duncan, the actual, like, the horse. I, I, I kind of enjoy Duncan. Even though he is super, he is a cartoon character. It is Poochie, but whatever. 
Uh, it yeah. it has. I have. You have to find something, Matt. You have to find something that will like as a like a little glow in the in the distant darkness through the fog. Yeah. To follow through the through the night. Um. So they then cut to Homer, who's also at the state fair, not necessarily not to see his daughter perform in a competition, but to see Bachman Turner Overdrive. Who are those pleasant old men? It's BTO. They're Canada's answer to ELP. Their big hit was TCB. That's how we talked in the seventies. We didn't have a moment to spare. Hello, Springfield. <laughs> We're going to play all your old favorites. But first, we'd like to dip into our new CD. Taking care of business. Don't worry, sir. We'll get to that. No one. talking. No new crap. Taking care of business now. Um, there's there's more there of just them performing, taking care of business, and Homer yelling at them. And then ain't seen nothing yet. The two songs people have probably heard of. Yep, those are the two. Uh, I, I, hey Matt, I will say this: Homer's little uh, talk about a, a, initialisms. Uh, I don't mind that. I think that's clever. I think there's clever writing. <laughs> there is some clever writing in this. It's just yeah, there are jokes here and there that are good. It's just why did you waste them on this garbage fire uh, of an episode? <laughs> it can't get out of its own way. I don't know. I it's it's really confusing to me. Um. Then, then we have the competition, and Springfield plays Springfield Elementary plays "Living in America." Um, it's really good. Yeah, also a very difficult song that I don't think any elementary school could ever, you know, make sense of. Yeah, um, they they do a great job, and everyone loves it, and they think, "Oh, they're obviously going to win." We get we get another appearance of the comptroller, who I I did not remember was in this episode. From where was he? Where did we see him at? We saw the comptroller. Uh, uh, it was the one where Lisa had to lie. Um, oh, right. Her Lisa gets an A. Yes, Lisa, Lisa gets an A. Lisa gets an A. Yeah, the controller makes another appearance. I don't think this is the last appearance from the controller either. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, Springfield Elementary has some competition, and it's Ogneville Elementary shows up, and they play Stars and Stripes Forever very well as well, and they use glow sticks, which. You're not allowed They're to against have, the rules. They're against the rules, uh, and they win because they have. I don't know. If it's because exclusively because they have glow sticks, or it's just because they played a song that everyone recognizes very well. I would actually lean towards that versus the glow sticks. Yeah, I don't. I mean, the glow sticks help, but I don't know. This Lisa. This is the. This is number two on my list, Matt, of the non-elf reasons. I don't. I think this episode's not good. Oh, because it spends way too much time on Lisa and the stupid band competition. It's it 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 feels like it, like everything about that, and like that's the thing. I I I'm debating. This is I think the question we have to answer about this episode because I don't I I think both of us don't like it. I I don't think that's a, a hot take or anything. But no, I my question is: Are they attempting parody? Are they attempting not just parody of like tropes, but they, are they? Like, this is a question that was all brought up online in the intervening years, and it's a question I think is the only one – it's a question I find interesting, is is this episode attempting a, to parody The Simpsons? I mean, it's possible, but I mean – Well, we don't have to answer it now. Just uh, just ponder it. Okay. Just ponder it as we go, and I, I – it's – this, and this is the thing, because it has kind of jerk, jerk homer. It has this kind of stereotype of Lisa as this complainy, whiny little girl – um, Homer. So we those that's two, two on my list. Then we have Homer's. Let's see. Homer gets his shirt deep fried, which is another like little clever like 
argument between him and Marge, and Marge is like, I didn't say you couldn't do it, I said you shouldn't do it, which is probably true. You need Accurate. to wear he should not have. I don't I would not want I I would not wear I would not put the shirt back on if I get it deep fried. Well of course not. No, that's terrible. Um and then we see a truly horrific scene with Duncan. Ugh. It's really it's this goes beyond I I, I don't know. It, it's because it, it is we are watching Duncan who's a is a horse who becomes Furious D and becomes a major character in this episode character and I say that purposely because he is not just an animal. He is a character. Um, yes, he has a real personality that's practically human. He practically human, and. So we're watching this. This is our introduction to him, and he's has to dive off a high platform into a shallow pool, which is you know a, a typical you know stunt type thing you see at state fairs. Not usually with animals because it's cruel. And I think this. I think what they're going for is this is so over the top and ridiculously cruel. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to reach that other side. It doesn't do it for me. All I go, all I'm doing is wincing the entire time for this. It it feels bad. I I'm watching an animal get tortured. Yeah, basically, it's like I don't want to see an animal get hurt. I mean, you you hurt Homer all you want. That's fine. I don't want to see an animal get hurt, even an animated animal. Yeah, and that's like I don't know if the Simpsons understand that. Like, and that's the other thing: the cruelty of this, the the darkness in this. That it's another another thing in here that I cannot i just can't handle it it's just it really bothers me um i don't know if it bothered me as much when i first saw this episode because i think the elf thing was the thing that really bothered me the first time i saw this and every time i've watched it since but this time in particular it was just just so cruel to duncan and even even if it is just to set up this plot i wish like if it came back around if, if the central thread of this episode was Duncan's well-being I would I would I think I wouldn't mind as much this awful stuff in the in our introduction to him but that's not this episode doesn't have any central threads it no it is off it is it is off the rails um so they are they Duncan drops he's fine I guess except for being mentally tortured um but then they 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 pull the 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 guy who runs the the stunt or whatever ringleader he is he's chains him and he's gonna drag him back up and make him jump again uh luckily quimby not quimby uh wiggum lost my brain wiggum uh intervenes uh and we meet and and we find a new home for duncan with the simpsons and also an appearance by comic book guy which i think is becomes a vital part of our question now, this is clearly a case of animal cruelty uh, do you have a permit for that? No problem, sir. It's in my car. You gotta stop being so trusting, Chief. Uh, I'd rather let a thousand guilty men go free than chase after them. All right, show's over, folks. I'm afraid this horse is going to the dog food factory. Good luck getting a horse to eat dog food. You can't do that to Duncan. It's not his fault that his owner was a sleaze. Look, I just want the horse to have a good home or be food. If you want to take him, fine with me. Should the Simpsons get a horse? Excuse me, but I believe this family already had a horse, and the expense forced Homer to work at the Quickie Mart with hilarious consequences. Anybody care what this guy thinks? No! Tunnel! Okay. Comic book guy, Matt. 
Why did you make me listen to that? Do you hate me that much? I, it's important in this I when guess. you're when you're talking about this episode. It, he it, it's he's not in it a lot. He's only in it one more time as as far as I as far as I could. It's like I I I don't think he's in it any more than that. Right? He's just in it one more time. Um, and th- this is the, the and this is all. I don't know. This is them, and this is the question about the parody thing. Because this is them lampshading their own show. Yep. This is them using Comic Book Guy as an, an uh, uh, a symbol to represent the news group fans, and I, and not and not just the people on the news group, but fans like those people on the news group, people who people like us, frankly, people who super like go in are super fans of the show, watch every episode, but also super are critical of the show and analyze everything and we'll point out like hey what this you've done this before um and uh, there's no way you can argue otherwise in this for me comic book guy is definitely that uh in this instance because literally later in the show he's wearing a worst episode ever t-shirt which is a thing that was famous on the news groups first and foremost so they are, that is what they're see, comic guy is representing the news group and news group type fans, which are an incredible minority at this point. This is two thousand. That's true. Like most of them have stopped watching it. Internet fans. I mean, but I mean, in in contrast to the majority of people watching The Simpsons and who, who have watched The Simpsons, the people, the, the 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 percentage of people who are who are who are talking about the show on the internet in in the year 2000 and leading up to the year 2000 are a tiny tiny percentage of the total amount of fans like you look at shows today i think that number is much much higher there are many many more people now who are engaging in fan discourse on subreddits and forums and twitter there's and facebook and all social media there's way more of them now than there used to be like the shows themselves do it now like the talking dead and shows like that, they have shows after shows. What literally is all they do is discuss this show that just happened. They're just like, <laughs> let's just talk about the thing that was just on TV. And there wasn't a that didn't happen in two thousand. There was like there no one, you know, it's, it's less than one percent of the audience are the people are on the news groups. And yet the they they spend time multi, in in this instance and one later making sure to point out this nerdy guy pointing out their plot inconsistencies and or continuity problems or the fact they've already done this plot or it, it just it, okay so i understand what people are saying like oh this is them poking fun at themselves and it is but not in the most i don't say not in the most self-aware way because it's like you poke fun at yourself but then you do something terrible anyway so you're expecting people to go, oh, they know what they're doing. Ha ha, see, it's funny. But when you still do it bad, mm-hmm. that doesn't help at all. It just it shows that you're aware that you're doing something bad and somehow that's supposed to make it better. It's like a bunch of right-wing nut jobs using memes to highlight their douchebaggery. It's like, yeah, you made a meme. You know what you're doing. That makes it even worse. Because if, if we without the, the winking nod, you know, we would just say, hey, Simpsons writers, why are you so bad at this? Like, what did you do? What did you, why did you do it like this? When this one, we know that they know that it's bad and they did it anyway. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't, it, this is the thing above everything else that beyond the elves that bothers me is this, is the inclusion of comic book guy as a target. 
like he is a target of ridicule uh, in this scene in particular. The other scene, a little less so. Um, but in this scene in particular, everyone's like, does anyone care about this guy? And everyone says, no. And why are you spending time? Why are you spending time talking about this on, in your show? That's the thing that bothers me. It's not, it's less so about like, you're right, Matt. And like you, a show lampshading itself and saying, ha ha ha. We had, we know we'd done a horse plot before. Uh, we want to do another one. And so we, 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 we are going to, um, that's, that is less problematic because at least that is, that is an attempt maybe at trying to be clever about it. I I think they fail spectacularly, but they're trying to be clever. I think, I think they genuinely thought, "Eh, isn't it funny that we point out that we've already done a horse plot, you know, very few shows get to the point where they can do that because most shows don't last that long. You know, most shows don't get to the point where, like, hey, isn't it funny that we once already did a plot about a horse? Um, the problem... Like, yeah, that one was way better than this one. It was. Uh, Lisa's Pony is much, much better than this episode. But the problem, the the bigger issue to me is the fact that they make, they're making fun of comic... Like, I don't like Comic Book Guy as a character. I Frankly, because I don't like the type of person that he is a stereotype of. And even though they make fun of that thing, I don't like. I don't like it at all. Like I, so I just yeah, like, it's, like it's, I, it's fine that you're making fun of it. You get that we don't like that person, but now you need to realize we don't like being around them. Period. Even if you're making fun of them, I don't even like the jokes about that. Um, but the fact that they, it's not the fact that they are using comic book after this. It's the fact that they are attacking their own fans. Like I, they may argue, oh, they're not really fans. They may argue that the people the type of person who's so overly critical and over overly analytic about the show has transcended past they've gone past fandom into some weird obsession that they that the simpsons writers and creatives don't like openly dislike obviously because they they make fun of them here but why the the problem to me is why would you include that in your show it cuz one no one knows like all it is doing is making fun of that type of person for no real reason i don't know maybe i'm sure some people get humor out of it i just find it mean and like not mean like homer jerk homer is mean i mean mean like literally it is creators of a this like the simpsons is one of the most successful shows of all time and it feels like punching down in and in an unbelievably purposeless way like, why are you taking time to address internet, like, a few people on the internet who called your show bad? Like, who cares? Just move on. Make a good, you know how you, do you know how you shut those people, you know how you, you you know, you address that? You make, you try and make good art. Trying to satisfy critics is always going to be impossible. There's always going to be someone who doesn't like the thing you make, regardless of what you're making. There's tons of people who don't like my podcast. I don't care. I just try and make a good podcast that I, I that I know I like. I don't spend time. I try not to spend time talking about people who criticize because it's pointless. We're never going to satisfy everyone. So maybe just make a good show instead of spending time writing jokes about it. Uh, it's it's a thing that's well, always that take more effort. I you're right, and it's a thing that always sticks out to me in this episode in particular. Uh, like the elves is a crazy, incredibly bad thing, but. It, there's is a perfect storm of lots of other things in this episode that bother me. Um, we got a commercial, Matt. And when we come back, 
the family is discussing uh, what to do with Duncan. Uh, apparently, it costs $500 a week to feed him, which honestly, that sounds a little low to me because horses take a ton of money to take care of. It's my rich people are the only ones who have them these days. Marge's purchases, on the other hand, don't require feeding except for the mop. I, I they just made, like, and that's the thing you pointed out, Matt. Like they just had comic book guy saying, "Oh yeah, they you just you already had a horse and you couldn't feed it, so you had Homer had to get a second job." And they immediately cut to a scene where they're trying to figure out how to get money to feed it. And I go, "Why include this scene?" Because it, hey, this happened before. So we know that that's the problem you're going to have. Why include it? Just jump. We get it. Just You can just jump to Homer and, and Bart trying to find a way to make money. You don't have to show us. Uh, it's just crazy. It's like, it's, it's this is simple. Like, if you that's do not, true. you don't show the audience things they already know. Yes, but this does give us the excuse for the joke about the mop eating, which I think is a pretty funny joke. And you've been to as many state fairs and strawberry festivals and whatnot that I have. The idea of a mop that eats something is uh, worth it. It's it's funny enough. It's uh, worth it for the joke. I guess I don't. That's Matt. That is a dangerous, dangerous territory I'm trying. I'm saying for this particular episode. Okay. All right. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Homer says that he's working on it. They're going to find a way for Duncan to earn his keep. Uh, first, by being a place kicker for the NFL, which turns out he's great at. But unfortunately, horses cannot play in the NFL. I don't know why you'd try that without checking, but hey. You know, I'm, I'm impressed when we got the NFL rulebook. I, I assumed that was proprietary and no one was allowed to actually read that. Oh, uh, you can. I mean, I you could find, yeah, even at the, in 2000. I mean, before the internet, they, you could, that was published. It was. it Was Was it, it really? Oh. Yeah, it was in, it, you could find the rules. Uh, not many people actually read them, but they're, they're out there. Um, remember what you just said, Matt? Why would why would you do this without finding out in the first place? Yeah. Worth it for the joke. Come on. That's true, I suppose, but this joke isn't nearly as funny to no, me. So. It's, uh, there's, again, there are a few gags here and there that I appreciate in this episode, but overall, it's more baffling than anything. That is true. Uh, in addition, horses cannot play in the NFL. Uh, Bart suggests maybe he'd be a pearl driving, pearl diving horse. And then we have the weirdest, like, stupid okay not stupid it's there's there's elves but <laughs> homer's pearl dream is the dumbest thing in this episode before the pearls or before the, the elves i i don't i don't know that i that's the thing like it's a, another like just weird baffling decision there's just so many things in this that are just baffling that i don't know why they're in the simpsons episode i don't know why they're in this episode uh, you know it's not it's a symptom of the scully years where it seems they just threw in any kind of silliness they could think of the drop of a hat and now that's all i can explain this is you know it's just some weird and they they uh call back to it in like a minute later with marge also having like a weird because homer ends up on the end at the end of this dream sequence giggling and rolling around on the ground and then marge later on does the same thing and i think it's supposed to tell us how marge and homer are actually quite similar but i i don't i don't get why they're showing us here uh, in the horse in the uh, horse episode. Uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Weird uh, Pearl Dream sequence. Uh, we then go back to Lisa, who is writing the president uh, about the band contest because she feels it's such a travesty. And then we get Marge lighting the curtains on fire to demonstrate her new fire extinguisher. She got the fair, uh, which was endorsed by, was it Linda Carter and, and who? George Foreman. 
George Foreman, yes. And then Marge uh, wonders what would happen if they had a baby and finds this such a hilarious idea. She falls on the ground giggling. Just like Homer did previously. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I I I genuinely like there the the bits with Lisa um kind of getting obsessed about the results of the band competition and you know tr- writing the president and all that and I I actually I really like Marge's advice to her um about you know sometimes you have to just let things like that's that's genuinely good advice you know sometimes it's good to yeah. let things go and all that but because it takes place in this subplot with Lisa as a super whiny complainy stereotype she's like a lisa stereotype you know that's the thing like this lisa is in this episode and because it's taking place i just can't enjoy it it's just so unpleasant it's just like how isn't it like we're making fun how how complainy lisa is i'm like i mean you decided to write her like this i don't know what you're doing like i didn't it, it it almost seems like they're trying to make fun of themselves. Like, hey, we got this character. Let's make fun of her. For I don't the way we write her. I don't know. I, that's the thing. Like, it it's the question of like, is this trying to parody themselves? I don't know. I, if it is, it's not clear. And I think that's a problem. So yeah, I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, next up we have uh, Bart and Homer, and they have decided they're going to make Duncan race. And to do that, Homer is going to become a horse whisperer. Dad, if we're going to race Duncan, shouldn't we hire a professional trainer? Son, I learned everything I needed to know from the horse whisperer. Step one, seduce a lonely housewife, ma'am. Now for the actual horse whispering. When the race starts, run really fast. Champion horse coming through. Whoop, sorry about that. It's not supposed to go on in the next clip that fast. Uh, Sorry, Robbie. Uh, So much for your ears. It's not. It's really not that loud, Matt. Um, oh, you get that joke about horse whispers, Matt? Uh, I believe there was a movie with Robert Redford named The Horse Whisperer, where he also seduced a lonely widow. He did, but they the the, the joke here is they took it literally, and Homer whispers to the horse. Yes, yeah, I, I I got that, and he whispers the most basic advice possible because that's Homer. So. There is the kernel of a joke there. It's just not as funny. Like they could have gone another level and made it actually interesting, but you I, know. I mean, you mean they they could have gone one level? <laughs> they, well, they, yeah. They could have they got they, halfway to a level. They could build a foundation and then build a joke out of it. They could have done that. You're right. They could have, but they didn't. They did not. Also, for those who you have not seen the episode, that was Maude Flanders was the lonely widow with no lines. Not a widow, but you know. I mean, she's about to be. Um, yeah, we're gonna get there. There's gonna be a problem next next episode. Is it next episode already? It is our next episode. Oh my goodness. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, our next little vignette vignette is Mo at the racetrack where he meets a beautiful woman, and his heart begins beating out of his chest, literally. Not just which. <sighs> I know we go on and on about this being so cartoony and this it's like Bugs Bunny It's literally what happens to Bugs Bunny. But because they comment on it and say, oh, he has to go to the hospital. It's supposed to fit in with the Simpsons. That is and that's the other uh, again. That is them. It's the same thing as comic book guy. They're going like, oh, this is a medical problem. I got to go. And Mo goes to the hospital. Yeah. Like, I, I don't I, I don't know, man. I'm at a certain point. I'm not going to just complain about the cartoonishness. Unless in extreme situations, a la the elves. But it, I don't know why, it, like, it, it's such a, 
I, I don't know. They literally two like it was the last season they had or two. No, it was two seasons ago. Season nine, right? With Mo and the double dumbbell indemnity. Yes. I mean, th- like I don't know. It's it's fine. It's fine. That's what I have to. You know, I have to resort. It's fine. Whatever. It doesn't mean anything in the context of this episode. Mo, there's no reason for it. It's just here, and it, it's not terrifically funny. So I don't. It doesn't justify itself. No, no, it does not. So, uh, moving on. There's a warning for those of you, if Robbie cut out the previous mistake I made, that this next clip starts with uh, a ridiculously loud air horn going off because Homer is a jerk. Uh, Because it is is Homer and Bart arriving at the racetrack uh, with their unconventional training strategies. So, yeah, here we go. Happy North coming through. What the? Good horse. Here's one taco, and you'll get another when you win. Hey, where do you get those metal dealies for his feet? You mean horseshoes? Hey, what's with the attitude? I just want some dealies. You really think that horse can run a mile and a half? He ran all the way here. So, yes. Uh, Homer feeds Duncan tacos. He has no idea what horseshoes are, which I... uh, Forgive me, I'm not up on my horse knowledge. Uh, Do horses who race on, you know... uh, clay tracks do they have horseshoes i thought that was only for when they were on the streets i think i think so again i i also matt do not have a lot of horse knowledge but as you oh, okay. as you put it but i think any horse that is on its that is doing like active work on its feet get horseshoes like you know non okay. farm horses i don't honestly i think largely it's any horse you should probably put horseshoes on because it is i think I think it's for the good of their feet in it, like for domesticated horses, they kind of need them. I think I'm not sure. I don't know, honestly, but I, again, the joke is Homer calls them metal. De- the, what shoe dealies, dealies horse yes. dealies. Yeah. Metal, yeah. metal dealies. Metal dealies for his feet. Bart is also in his pajamas. Yes. Uh, because that, that is his jockey uniform. Also, they have painted the number on Duncan because uh, yeah, that's, 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 that's them as racers. I, so I, I, I can this, frankly, Matt, I don't mind this as like it is the least offensive thing. <laughs> I do, I don't mind like if this became the actual plot of the episode and there were no elves involved, I probably would go. That's eh, fine. You know, it's all right. It could be way worse. Like it has. It reminds me a little bit of Homer and Bart building a soapbox derby uh, racer. Kind of. Yeah. 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 It's always crappier than everyone else's. Yeah. It's crappy, and they don't know what they're doing, and you know become it's sort of endearing uh because it's season 11 they take that and dial up homer's meanness a lot so he has an air horn and he's talking about and he's feeding horses tacos and whatever like that i don't i don't know why like this is like deadpool level like just dumbness for no reason um with the tacos like okay sure thanks um but like having a like and this is the thing i was talking about earlier where like if this was about like duncan transforming as like transforming his personality and becoming like more confident and then eventually there's some kind of resolution about with duncan like that's a that's all right like it's super cartoonish but at this point i can deal with it as long as they follow through with the plot but it it, again it makes it like two-thirds of the way there and flies off a cliff um so like up into this point, this is okay, frankly, compared to the especially compared to the Lisa plot, which ugh, 
So I'll take Duncan, you know, with the number painted on his side every day of the week versus that. <laughs> That's true. So, yeah. Uh, at this point, uh, they get set up to race. Homer makes a threat that if Duncan doesn't win, they're going to the glue factory and Duncan won't get to go. And luckily, Lenny is there to agree that it's a great tour, but you can't do it all in one day, which honestly, again, that is one of the better jokes in the episode. We're going to the glue factory and he doesn't get to come. That's a good joke because, you know, you think they're being awful, but they kind of subvert your expectations. It's a single level joke. It's very basic, but it's way better than the rest of the episode. So finally, uh, we have Duncan uh, compete and Bart competing in their very first race, uh, which uh, I will let the announcer call for you. Now, where they go? Go, Duncan! Number five, let's go! Number five. It's chock full of drugs, followed closely by Stalker, with old Levi's fading fast. What's this? Number five, Duncan. The horse no one expected to do anything isn't doing anything. He hasn't even left the starting gate. Come on, boy. I know you're scared, but you can do this. I believe in you. Would you look at this? The straggler, Duncan, has exploded out of the gate and is making a big move. He's showing more heart than any horse I've ever seen. What a shame. The race is already over. So, yes, uh, that is the end of the act, uh, as they basically didn't start till halfway through. And, hey, it turns out that that's... Uh, that's way too late. So they they lose quite miserably. Yeah, they lose. Yeah. So, again, end of the act. We fade, We go to a commercial. They have lost terribly. <laughs> uh, we return. Uh, Lisa is still trying to reach the president for some reason to overturn the results of her elementary school music competition. Like, I don't want to harp on this too much, but Lisa's smarter enough to know that you wouldn't call the president in this situation. Um, I, frankly, well, actually, we'll get there at the end of the episode because I, we'll, we'll listen to it first. Uh, but as she's trying to reach Bill Clinton at the time, and Marge is giving her actually good advice about, hey, maybe you should drop this and not worry about it. Um, we get an introduction to Furious D, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. You don't like, you don't like Furious D, Matt? Uh, making somebody the badass of something is is pretty much awful in every possible iteration. <laughs> See, I Duncan. Yeah, they turn Duncan. They change. They, he gets a change in attitude uh, after his loss. Uh, after Bart and his loss, uh, they and they because they think you know Bart realizes he sees something in Duncan, and Duncan isn't slow and isn't a bad racehorse. He just has a a a, a is. His personality is a little weak because uh, he's traumatized because he was tortured by the dude and made him jump into pools from really high up. Exactly. And so they make him Furious D. They make him Dennis Rodman, basically. You know, they give him a nose ring. They give him a mohawk. They make him – he gets a little leather jacket uh, and they paint Furious D in funky lettering on on his flank. I honestly – again, this is – I don't mind this. Because this is actual, like, this is at least, like, this is character progression. You know, this is, because Duncan is a character. You know, he's not an animal. He isn't a character. And it is seeing, like, if this feels like a very much like an act two of the three-act structure of, like, okay, so Duncan's weak and timid at the beginning. Now they've changed him and turned him into this kind of outgoing, scary, intimidating personality. 
so and like this is 12 minutes in the episode so this is like in the normal trajectory of a, of a show that makes perfect sense and and like we follow along with this plot and that's what it looks like it's it's doing like we're following bart and now fury is d he offends the rich folk at the racetrack uh we get a lot of racetrack related jokes in this um marge wants a bet but she wants to be kind about it uh I think she wants to bet that everyone has a good time, I believe. So there's a whole wuss bet area with Reverend Lovejoy, Flanders, Skinner, and Mole Man there waiting to bet. Exactly. People with that you for wuss bets. Although, I don't know. I figured Reverend Lovejoy might have a gambling problem for making some serious bets. Lovejoy would not be the I, – I would not put Lovejoy in there. You're right. Um, so Duncan, now Furious D, starts showing this attitude and starts – attacking other racers other jockeys during races they basically just run through the we had a super long montage of him winning races uh through various means sometimes one at one point he intimidates the other uh the other horses to never not even leave their stalls uh he attacks racers as he's racing to knocks them off knocks jockeys off the horse knocks horses down whatever uh at one point i believe he has lost a race, but he just knocks out everyone who's argues differently and therefore is ruled the winner. Um, and again, this, and this, if this followed a, a typical trajectory of character, this would be, you know, this would escalate into the point where they realize that they've created a monster in Furious D because he does something mean to Bart, probably. Like, it, it, that's what I would, if I was like, if I was doing it, I would. You know, that's what I would do. You know, you have him get so rude, so so much attitude that eventually he attacks Bart or Bart and Homer try and say, maybe, maybe we should back off a little bit because we're turning this nice horse into a mean horse. But you'd hope so. But but Matt, this episode doesn't do that. What this episode does is instead introduce the secret origin of the jockeys, which we've seen a couple times in the episode as speaking characters and mostly they make snide remarks about homer and furious d um and i included all of this this is a little bit of a longer clip but i felt it was important so we are introduced to the secret land of the jockeys who are actually elves you're quite a trainer mr simpson care to join us for a beer in the jockeys lounge i've been waiting all my life to hear that hey where'd you go little man <laughs> 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 what is this place? Welcome to the secret land of the jockeys. <laughs> Why are you talking like that? These are our real voices. We only talk like this on your surface world. But you're respected athletes. You own car dealerships and marry beauty queens. All a lie. What woman would marry us? We're freaks. 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 Toadstool thrones by a chocolate stream. But all is not well in Jockey Town. Your renegade horse is making us proud. What do you want me to do? Your horse must lose. My horse must lose? 
no wind, no show, no place. Just lose the stinking race. And what if I refuse to lose? We'll eat your brain. My horse must lose. <laughs> Did that really happen? Or was it just a wonderful dream? No dream. Lose the race, fat boy. So good song. <laughs> Honestly, okay, it's a well-made song. I really enjoyed it. If they weren't actually freaking elves. Also, what woman would marry them? I don't know. The woman that's on the end of your little kick line there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's got boobs and long hair. <laughs> that's a woman, even if she's an elf woman. <laughs> I, I I don't... The, the, the song is... Like, if this, if this song was in a different episode that made, that wasn't, I, I don't know. I, I, I get what you're saying, right? I don't, I just can't get past it. Like, I think it's just so incredibly insane. Like, you remember uh, at, at the end of Monty Can't Buy Me Love where the Loch Ness Monster shows up? Oh, yeah. And we and I was just kind of like, what? It's just I was just kind of dumbstruck by it. And I it's 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 this is that times about a hundred because that is just thrown in at the end. Basically, this becomes a fundamental part of the plot. And it's never even alluded to prior to this moment. There is no hint. There is no like background part. There's no, we never see a, like a little bit of a hint that the jockeys are doing. We don't get scenes with the jockeys by themselves. We don't see any of that. We don't see them like I don't like even like I, I, I some sort of clue that they are not what they seem, which is what a normal thing would a normal piece of like a normal story would do. If it was going to tell you later in the story that, no, actually, these jockeys are not jockeys, or they're not human, at least. They are elves. Uh, then a normal story, at some point prior to this, I, and I would say more than – they would do it multiple times. You have to set your audience's expectation. You cannot just spring something like this on them. You have to say – you have to show – like, you could maybe show a jockey – uh, have his hat off and then hastily pull it down and you like see a hint of weird ears or you have him mention a homer in conversation earlier in the episode you could have him mention a homer about living underground like you'd you'd have clues that would set your audience's expectation to understand these jockeys aren't just normal jockeys there's something up with them and if they had set those expectations correctly this would it be so jarring but they don't they don't mention it at all the jockeys are barely in the episode up until this point they're just kind of stereotypes of like rah, rah, rah. and and then suddenly it's a two minute long sequence of them singing of like it's wizard of oz in here it makes no, it's just insane that they don't even they just throw out every every preconception about how you tell a story how you set up audiences' expectation, how to and how to manage your tone. Like you can't just go from this story about it. Like up until this point, it is a story about Duncan becoming Furious D, going from being a scared horse to a successful intimidating horse, 
And then the story is we have to win the race because the elves will eat our eat their brains, Matt. Well, that's what elves do, obviously. I again, that's the other thing. They call them elves, and then they later call them trolls. And also, they're talking about eating brains. Trolls, maybe elves definitely don't eat brains. At least not any elves I've ever heard of. Like we, Matt and I, have been reading Lord of the Rings, and those elves are like angels, and they're pretty and beautiful and amazing. They don't eat people's brains, and they don't live, like, these are, like, closer to, like, Keebler elves, I guess. But also, Keebler elves make cookies. And so they're, I, again, it's just crazy. And this is, and it's why, it's the thing that stands out in this episode, because it is just insane. It comes out of nowhere. And, and, it, and it's still, watching it, I've seen this episode multiple times, and still watching it, it is so jarring that out of nowhere, Homer just gets beckoned into a jockey lounge. And in a normal story, Matt, this is in a normal story, the jockeys would be normal men. They'd, they'd either try and bribe Homer. They'd threaten him with with just normal human violence. Or they would, you know, they would engage with him like people and try and win their race a normal way. Yep. But instead, we had uh, this segment with elves. And I'm not going to engage with it like, oh, this is so cartoonish, it's terrible. Even though it is so cartoonish, it's terrible. I'm going to try, I'm trying to engage with the show in its own terms and say, and just discount the cartoonishness, which is like, there's tons of it in this episode we've already talked about. Like, Duncan being a, a person, basically. Moe's heart just beating, like, literally beating out of his chest. Like, all that stuff. I, I try to, I'm going to try and discount the cartoonishness. Discounting that. They don't set this up. You have to do it. I don't care what I don't care what your plot is. Like I the the whatever the plot is, you have to set it up. You have to put effort in and show your work. You have to say, okay, these jockeys are not elves. You have to clue this clue the audience into this. You have to set their expectations. And they don't do that. Which ultimately, regardless of how cartoonish it is, it makes that makes that's lazy and bad. Uh, and it, it's another, it's just another thing added to the, all the stuff that happens in this episode. Yep. It's, it's elves, Matt. It's elves all the way down. It's elf town. Why, Matt? You know, I kept asking myself that throughout this entire episode as I was watching. And I just, I feel like this season in particular and a little bit the previous season, they said, they thought, hey, why don't we go a little more cartoony with this. Let's make it more fun. I guess is what they were going for as the best I can do. And it just, it doesn't match what the Simpsons were. And I, I, I'm, they probably realize that now, but I, 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 I and what, my answer to that is leading back to the question of, is this parody? Is this them attempting parody of themselves? If and it was, like, I think it'd be better. I, I, and them indulging all the worst things about the show and trying to, do it all at once and all the things that the simpsons internet fans complain about the cartoonishness the lazy the lazy character writing jerk homer um the car the insane third act we've seen in the last two seasons that's why the only reason i bring it up because i can't fathom another reason that this is what you come to like if you're writing this episode when you get to this point why on earth would you include elves like, of all the things you could include, why on earth would your brain immediately jump to, let's go make the jockeys elves? 
and they sing a song to Homer in their underground world and threaten to eat his brain. It's just so it's so outlandish and so cartoonish. I can't imagine it's anything but a tempting parody. But again, I it's still bad. It's still bad. It just it you can't there are like there are plenty of Simpsons episodes that parody things and the best ones still adhere to 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 rules. The rules of 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 story and storytelling. And you can't just stop use you can't stop following those rules and expect to make something good, which I don't think season eleven Simpsons writers understood. They really didn't because it really feels like they're trying to write for a different show. They're trying to write for a Rick and Morty or a Family Guy. Like maybe maybe this is a response to Family Guy. And they're like, let's try something more wacky. That's what se- the kids seem to want. I mean, like even South Park has. You know, weird stuff, Towley and aliens and stuff like that. They just they go with it, and maybe they were trying to push the Simpsons in that direction. So, we jump to the last race, the race that Duncan must lose, Furious D must lose, or Homer will get his brain eaten. Um, so there's no build up to this. It literally just happens. Like there's one scene with Homer telling Bart that, oh, we shouldn't, maybe we should let Furious D retire and he can go out to stud or whatever. And then, then the race happens and they change their mind and Duncan wins. And that's it. Yep. There's no build, like, again, taking their swerve into like, oh, now they're in danger of elves attacking them after if they don't win. You would have dramatic tension. You would build to this race and you could have the scene where Homer decides, no, we are going to Homer and Bart and Furious D decide, no, we are going to we are going to try our best. And you could demonstrate, no, Duncan has changed. He is not that timid horse anymore. He has you could even show him getting over the trauma of being having forced to do those stunts in the earlier in the episode. And that's at least something, you know, I don't. It doesn't I don't want it still wouldn't probably like the elf thing, but at least it's it's showing the character progression. Instead, there's no build. It's just a sit, one scene in between, and then we jump straight to the race, and the jockeys attack Duncan and Bart, and then the Duncan and Bart win anyway. And then there is a hey, Matt, stop me mm-hmm. if you stop me if you've heard this one before. A wacky like this is an extended wacky third and third act ending sequence. Action sequence. Oh boy, is it! Because then they are chased by the jockeys, who are now, who are the elves, and they shoot them with the cannon. Shoot out in the middle of the. Okay, if we are going to assume that the elves are a secret race, they are attacking Homer and Bart and Duncan with a cannon in the middle of the racetrack. With I presume thousands of people watching. Of course. I, I, okay. So they they <laughs> shoot at him with a cannon and they chase them down the street but then Marge and Lisa are waiting and shoot them with hoses and they are thrown in the trash and that's it. Yep. There is no pay that's the payoff. That's the payoff to the end of this to them winning the race. It is there no one ha- there's no consequence. There's no tension. It is just immediately there's a there's this scene and then it's over and they're in the trash and it isn't that funny uh, and they say something about let us free and we'll give you gold you can't break out of a tra- plastic bag 
Yeah. I don't I don't get like it your victory the victory over the antagonist doesn't mean anything if it's so easily won. I I don't like that again. These are simple things, Matt. Simple story rules. You have the protagonist struggle has to be hard. It has to be difficult. Like this I don't care if you're trying to be a cartoon. You have this is you have to if you want me to take buy these buy into these people as characters, which is what you've portrayed them as most of this episode, if they just oh spray them with water hoses and they win, that doesn't that doesn't say anything. Um then we cut to basically the end of the episode where Duncan goes gets to stud after he is won and I guess retired, and they compliment they talk about lady horses. Yeah. I, which Homer and Homer comments on the attractiveness of some horses, which I don't get. I don't. I under, is that supposed to be a joke? I, I guess that Homer knows what's attractive to horses. Sure. Yes. Sure. Sure. Um, and then we get the the last scene in the episode where they have Bill Clinton show up for some reason. President Clinton? Yeah, hi. I'm here to see Lisa Simpson. <gasps> you read my letter? Much of it, yes. And those glow sticks were wrong. Very wrong. So I've personally overturned the results of that band contest. Congratulations. <gasps> thank you, Mr. President. No, thank you, Lisa, for teaching kids everywhere a valuable lesson. If things don't go your way, just keep complaining until your dreams come true. That's a pretty lousy lesson. Hey, I'm a pretty lousy president. And that's how the episode ends. It sure is. With a joke about Bill Clinton. Being a a bad president, which, you know, that's true, but there have been so many worse since then. Yeah, that's it's hard to again. I. I don't really care that it's a joke about Bill Clinton and being a bad president. I just don't know why it's at the end of this episode. It just, again, it is so tonally dissonant. Like, I, this is my theory, Matt, but I, this is my theory, is that they had this, they wrote up this joke and then built the entire Lisa plot around it. Maybe, yeah. That's my theory. I think they went, What's we want to have? We have this joke about Clinton being a lousy president. So how do we get to the point where he can show up in the Simpsons house and say it? And oh well, he's a sax. How can we connect the two? How we connected them before? Oh, he's a saxophonist, just like Lisa. Okay, then we have Lisa get him to show up. How would we do that? Oh, Lisa's in the band competition. Uh, We can tie that into this horse plot. Oh, they're both at the state fair. That's my theory. I don't know if it's right. Um. This episode is so bad, it's baffling to me. Like, it, it, it raises existential questions in me about tr- the creation of art. This episode is so bad. Wow, that is impressive. I have alluded to this before. This is my... I, 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 I hate this episode. This is, a long for a long, long time, this is the episode I hated the most out of any Simpsons episode. Wow, alright. So, so this is going to be bottom ten for sure. I the one thing I can say about it at least is that it's interestingly bad. You know, it's not just plotless or confused and aimless. It's so bad it is it's it raises these questions. Um here is after watching it again Matt and thinking about it. 
I asked you the question. Is this a parody of a Simpsons, a bad Simpsons episode? Is this them trying to parody the, their own bad episodes? I don't think so, uh, because, okay, what themes are, what are the themes of a bad Simpsons episode up till now? I mean, it is, it is the thing we, we like, it is jerk Homer, it is cartoonishness, it's weird, zany third act stuff, um, I, those are, I, I mean, mean th- those are the hallmarks of season 10 and 11 so far, uh, I would include the, the, the other bad things in this episode are the weird comic book guy stuff and Lisa's subplot, which just makes her a complainy, whiny, terrible character, which is like the worst version of Lisa, which I don't know if they include that or not, but it's in my of bad episodes. It's the thing I include in bad episodes, but that's, that's honestly, I I can't, I can't tell. I mean, it does have pretty much all the things we dislike about the show, but they're so consistent with all the things that have been happening. It's, the next logical point of all of those bad trends. So if it is, it's the new guy coming in going, man, this is really bad. I'm going to, I'm going to write the worst Simpsons episode ever and succeeding on that, but nobody seeming to know it. And ultimately I think that is exactly the conclusion I come to is if their goal was to let's try and write a terrible episode and use the tropes that we've used that have been hallmarks of all the worst episodes in the past couple seasons. The problem is, if you're going to make a parody of that, if you're trying to highlight that and say, no, actually, like, yeah, we like trying to create some sort of thematic connection between what the Simpsons were and what they are now and trying to get some sort of message out of it, some sort of theme. There is none. There's nothing here. So if their attempt was to make a parody of a bad Simpsons episode, all they did by doing that was make a bad Simpsons episode. Yeah. And by my estimation, one of the worst. Uh yeah. I it so if that was their goal, like Jesus. If, if that was their goal, they succeeded. It is terrible in many multiple many different ways. Um we will wreck it. At the end of the show, uh, Matt, I'm not even gonna ask. I'm not even gonna answer. I'm not even gonna ask you the question. Well, whether this is broken or not, because I I will say it is absolutely broken. So I think it is time for us to fix this episode. No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see, quick fix, quick fix. Ah. So to fix this episode, immediately boot the elves. Yeah, they're just regular people that don't want Homer interfering. They threaten violence. They're normal, normal human jockeys. Uh, they also cut the mo heart thing. Cut the mo heart thing. Uh, I'm okay. Frankly, I'm all right with Furious D. The horse being a character. I don't. Again, I I can I will allow that. I think that's fine because up into the, like you have to basically throw out the entire episode if you don't do that. Uh, throw out comic book guy, the snide. Uh, throw out Mo, throw out uh, the elf thing entirely. What you do is you complete the arc. You complete the arc of Duncan, and you you have him become this intimidating badass. He becomes a great uh, great racehorse by threatening and intimidating the other horses and jockeys. The jockeys push back. Still, they could still push back and do and and try. 
I think the fun thing for me is instead of them threatening violence, I think they actually make a plea. I think you make them look like sympathetic because I think the idea here is in this in the third act basically. You want to make you want to emphasize what Furious D is, like what Duncan has become. He's become this kind of monstrous, intimidating thing. And I think you don't have the jockeys go, oh, we're going to beat you up if you win. I think they're going to go, please stop. <laughs> please. And you and you paint them as, as normal humans who care about their horses, and they are concerned about Furious D. And at the same time, you let's say you have a Homer jockey scene doing that. At the same time, you have a Furious D Bart scene with Bart trying to like be pleasant and have a nice time with Furious D, and Duncan yeah. just can't because he's become this kind of domineering monster horse, and he's mean to Bart. Where Bart starts to see Bart sees the danger rising, and and Duncan is worried that what he could he like maybe oh no Duncan could kill another horse or kill a jockey like he's that threatening and dangerous. And so you get to the, this final race, and I think you have – I I don't know how exactly you do it. I, you probably would have to cut other stuff in this episode to make time for all this. You you really would. You would have to cut a lot of the Lisa stuff, uh, middle act, uh, just, just insert uh, you know, the issues with Duncan being like that. And, you know, I feel like the fair, you might have to cut a little bit of the fair, the whole Bachman-Turner Overdrive thing. I would probably keep uh, – I agree with what you're saying completely – uh, it would be a very different episode that would be more like a real Simpsons episode. <laughs> and <laughs> well, that's, also, I, I, that's my intention, Matt. Yeah, I know. Um, but what, uh, I would definitely say as far as the Lisa subplot goes, you would cut everything in the middle. Like you would basically say, OK, Lisa gets shown up, writes to Clinton immediately. Then he shows up at the end of the episode. That's your B plot. Then you, that could save a whole bunch of time. That's just Lisa being, you know, a little snooty kind of thing. Yes, I, I like you can still have that Clinton plot, Clinton joke in the end if you want it, um, and that's fine because at least in this case it doesn't take up so much time, which is the real like Lisa just complaining for like three minutes of this episode. Yeah. Um, but you'd have them. I I think you have Furious D basically then revert back to Duncan, but a Duncan that is not just he's not a timid, uh, timid scared horse anymore. He is just he's just Duncan. He's just a normal, happy horse, and he doesn't want to race anymore because he knows that he has to become Furious D to do it, to be successful. And he, I think, you, you again, if you're treating Duncan like a real character, he has to come to that conclusion himself. And I think you have to have, like, a heart-to-heart moment with Bart and him at some point. And They're kind of, like, stampy it, at the end. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I think that with Bart Gets an Elephant is a good, like, template. Um I think in the middle, probably in the middle of the race, fear, like Duncan has a choice to like do something truly terrible to one of the other jockeys or Bart himself. Maybe like Bart is slowing him down and he could, if he kicked Bart off, he could win the race or something. Um, but he decides no, nah, and he reverts back. Like you can, you could have him like rip off the jacket somehow or like, like show it physically, whatever. Um, again, at this point, this is an incredibly different episode, but that's what it would take because. The last ten minutes of this thing are insane. They're not. They're nonsense. One hundred percent nonsense. I mean, I, I will say this episode has clever gags here and there, but I am not. I I can't. I can't abide this. <laughs> well, they wasted their good jokes on this garbage fire of an episode. I can't. I cannot abide it. Um, but that's. The, I think that. That I think that would fix the episode. Make it. Make it something. 
substantive. Uh, you ready for our next segment, Matt? Ready. It's time for comments of the newsroom. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. So, comments to the news group is where I comb through the old alt.tv that Simpsons news group, see what people were talking about the week or two after an episode debuted. Believe it or not, Matt, the news group had some things to say about the episode that they're in. What? I I know. Um, so, I, again, I, I pulled some reviews here. Uh, I, I pulled two positive and two negative. But I will. I do want to emphasize they were mostly negative. Uh, that at the time, even then, people were like, "This is what is this? I don't know." But I, I, I did want to pull some positive ones just to give show that perspective. Uh, first, best of season eleven from this comic book guy's jabs to Homer at the fair concert. This was wonderful. I love Duncan's transformation into Den- Dennis Rodman of horse racing. Love comic book guy's previous episode references. His worst episode ever shirt. Practically everything except for the jockey troll thing. Even love President Clinton. A. Uh, another coming just days after a salon article outlining the growing rift between the show's writers and many internet fans is a rather blatant attack on this news group. The show responded to criticism that the show is no longer realistic, one of the most outrageous episodes ever. And to be honest, I laughed so hard through most of it, especially the frequent appearances by the comic book guy, that I really don't mind having been slagged in this manner. Say what you like about the character development and outrageous plots of late, but the show has rarely been this funny. Hey, hey, hey I'm going to do some Fonzie. Um, here, here we go, Matt, some negatives. Um, the writers said it themselves. Worst episode ever. They knew before uh, us that their quality had deteriorated rapidly. This episode had all the worst elements: out of character, out of character characters, wackiness, fragmented acts, repeated plots, and bad gags. The comic book references to uh, alt.tv.simpsons are not even very funny. However, the Clinton subplot ended on a humorous note. It was only a laugh in the entire episode. Cancel now. The worst grade I have ever given. F. Um. Another? Well, I think I'm going to have to agree with the writers of this episode, and I officially brand it Worst Episode Ever. I would have liked to have been there when the writing staff came up with a plot for this piece of dung. Hey, let's take all the show's most common things. Bart's attachment to Simpsons' new animal, which they can't afford. Homer's newest money-making scheme. Lisa's outrage is some sort of imagined injustice. Some type of carnival coming to town. Mix them up into a jumbled, incoherent mess, and then add some animal and midget abuse. Hey, it worked in There's Something About Mary, right? Oh yeah, thanks, Mike. I'll try to add Bachman-Turner Overdrive in there somewhere, even if it makes no sense. Okay, let's just yep. leave it at that and just say this episode really sucked. F. Yeah. It. Yeah. Not good. Um. Other notes. Stars and Stripes is a pretty impressive song, as uh, as as noted here. The song was written by John Sousa in 1896 on Christmas Day. It was later declared the United States official march and is usually played at pretty much all Independence Day events. It is also a very popular song for concert bands who often encore with this piece. Both my band camp and college band use this as our encore. However, it is not, as you've said earlier, Matt, an easy piece of music to play. It contains numerous bass lines, a piccolo solo, and the original composition even has written in all band members stand up at a certain point. Many school bands do not go near this piece of music unless they are competing or something. In fact, my high school band director was even afraid to pass it out to our band, so I doubt that an elementary school band, even a state winner, could play it too well. Stars and Stripes, it's tough. A lot of marches are. Marches are, are a subset. For those of you who weren't band kids, uh, which I believe, Robbie, you were an orchestra kid, right? Yes, I was an orchestra kid. Uh, so for uh, most band competitions, uh, you generally play uh, two, uh, you know, slow, uh, which you might call it overtures uh, in one march uh, is generally and then, you know, maybe there's one more. Um, but that's generally the, the setup for most competitions. So the march is a very respected piece of uh, American 
music and I say American, but you know, just classical type music in general. So, you know, the stars and stripes forever is one of the tougher ones in that category. They're worst, but you know, it's, it's very interesting uh, category. Some of them can be very easy, but they can also be extremely difficult and stars and stripes tends toward the more difficult. Other note I have here is breaking down Marge's horses, Marge bet Marge's bets on the horse racing, which uh, I didn't mention. Um, because I was too caught up in the elves, but there is also a scene where March is uh, officially became a horse a horse better and comic book guy wearing the comic book guy worst episode ever t shirt. <sighs> says he's watching her, which is another reference to hey they're making they're acting like Marge's gambling addiction never happened um, because it's a thing that sitcoms do and and they go back to the status quo and they don't reference things that happened before. But at mm-hmm. a certain point, she describes the bets she's made. And this person has ex- explained what uh, the terminology means. Um, at one point, she says, boxed with a three and the eight. It's an exacto or trifecta bet with Furious D and the other two horses in all six combinations. Wheeled up and down. An exacto bet with Furious D to win in each other horse to place and vice versa. Her across the board bets the other half of her wheel that Furious D to win and whichever horse that did finish second and second paid. If the third or the eight came in second or it was a trifecta bet and the three and eight came in second and third, one of those bets paid off as well. So... Places first or second, show first, second, or third, exacta first and second in a race in order, trifecta first, second, and third in a race in order. Yep. More than you've ever known about horse racing bets ever in your life, Matt. It's about, uh, I actually did some work once uh, at a horse track and uh, I had some time to ask questions. So it's a tiny bit more, but I I knew, you know, at least 60% of that. Okay, good. I didn't know. So it's all news to me. Uh, Never, I've never been on horses before. Um, We can move on. To our next segment, it's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite Burns quote? So many great ones. Always makes me laugh. Nice to have a nice, positive, happy, funny uh. listener question. Uh, first from Holly. Family, religion, friendship. These are the three demons you must slay if you wish to succeed in business. From Ash, I'd like to send this letter to the Prussian consulate in Siam by Aramail. Am I too late for the 4.30 autogyro? What made this, was, made this funny was the teen having to look through the manual and not finding anything. Cracks me up every time. Uh, from John, I don't eat ethnic food. Doughnuts? Doughnuts? Uh, from Stushy? Stushy says, I said hop in. <laughs> Very good. Uh, the spruce moose. Uh, from John Senal, eh? Bucktooth, am I? Bone arms, are they? Liver spots, did I? Chinless, will you? Uh, uh, from Daniel, you there, fill it up with petroleum distillate and re-vulcanize my tires post-haste. From Alex, Oscar Schindler and I are like peas in a pod. We're both factory owners. We both made shells for the Nazis, but mine worked, damn it. Uh, from David, ironic, isn't it, Smithers? This anonymous clan of slack-jawed troglodytes has cost me the election. If yet, if I were to have them killed, I would be the one to go to jail. That's democracy for you. Oof. Yeah. A little too real nowadays. From Jason, I should be able to run over as many children as I want. It's a fair argument. It's fair. Yep. First from Sandy Bassett, at Sandy Bassett. Uh, oh, and one more thing. You must find the Jade Monkey before the next full moon. Uh, sir, we found the Jade Monkey. It was in your glove box. <laughs> that one cartoon fan at one cartoon. Oh, hot dog. Thank you for making my last few moments on Earth socially awkward. That's what that's uh, um, 
Homer, Homer the, I can't think of the name. So uh, Homer the, Matt, help me. Sorry, I missed the first thing of what you said. Killing me, Matt. Homer, when he uh, is in the dictionary, Magic Johnson. Homer. Oh, uh, Homer defined. Homer defined. That's Homer defined. Yeah. Um, Donnie at the Desu have the Rolling Stones killed. But, but sir, those aren't the rolling. Just do as I say. <laughs> the, Poor Ramones. It's the, I mean, the Ramones are fine. It's Rolling Stones are, if you, at that time, I don't think anyone predicted that the Rolling Stones would, would be outliving the Ramones. The, the Ramones, but time makes fools of us all. Ridge at real Reg Odell, cause of parents' death, got in my way. <laughs> Cole at breathlessness. They hate me? What trial were you watching? Hang your heads in shame, you overpriced underbrain notary publics. Just get that ape to my house and we'll buy him off with a banana or two. I really like that quote because it you never you don't hear Burns yell like that very often. And it's true, he's always very quiet about his evil. Yeah, it's 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 good. I enjoy it. Lauren at El Columbia eighty eight. Let's see, it was the best of times. It was the blurst of times, you stupid monkey. Uh, Brian, uh, Brian J. Feld, gee, it's not as nice as the other rooms. Yes, I should really stop ending the tour with it. Uh, Gene at Eugene R. McGrath, were they saying boo or boo burns? Brandon, a funny film fan, have the Rolling Stones killed? Again, very, most popular answer. And finally, Lights Out at Ian Lights Out. No, I'd still prefer not. At, in, that is when the they see the pig fly. Right. At least the vegetarian, which I do appreciate. Matt, what is your answer? Um, I'm gonna have to go with the Oscar Schindler quote. Uh, we both made shells for the Nazis, but mind work, damn it. <laughs> that just tells you everything you need to know, Mr. Burns. Capitalism is his life. He doesn't care about anything else. Uh, in the same veins, along along the same line, family, religion, friendship. These yep. are the three demons. You know, slave who wishes to succeed in business. It's my uh, if I'm gonna pick a quote, it's gonna be from a uh. Uh, old man and Lisa. It's my favorite Burns yeah. episode. Next week's question: What is your favorite comic book guy? Ooh, I can't talk. Next week's question: What's your favorite comic book guy quote? Oh, it's gonna be tough for you. It is gonna be tough for me, Matt, because I don't like any. I mean, he's fine. I don't. I don't want to say that I hate him. I think he's fine most of the time. It's usually when they lean into the man-child stuff that I get really frustrated with it. Um, yeah. But that's the entitlement. Week. Yeah. Next week's question was your uh, favorite comic book quote. I can't. Favorite comic book guy quote. I'll post this on all social media Facebook.com slash The Simpsons Show Pod, Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. You can email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail.com. Matt, it is time once again for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S M R T. I mean, S M A R R T. No Google Trivia Challenge. So Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard. Try and stump the other. Um, I have a seven-point lead on Matt so far this season. We are at the halfway mark, basically. I gotta hold that lead, Matt. I, I, I should. I want to widen that gap. I need. I need a. I need a little bit more padding. I think. I don't know. I, I think in order to make it, you know, a worthwhile trivia contest, I need to, to come up on you to, to make it a little more interesting towards the end there. Uh, it's going to be interesting because I'm terrible and you're good, no matter what happens. I don't know. I, I feel like you've been really pushing me this season. I have to because you're impossible. Uh, you're ready for an easy question, Matt. I suppose. These are all from Viva Ned Flanders. Your easy question. Ned gets drunk on what in Vegas? 
Uh, I believe it's a white wine spritzer, spritzer, spritzer. You're correct. Oh, I know that very well after listening to that album. I, I know, I know. You're probably waiting for your easy question, which is, in Bart the Lover, who does Bart catfish? <laughs> I'm not wrong. I, you're not wrong. Edna Kerbopel. You are correct, sir. He does catfish her. It's kind of mean. But I, I mean, realize this is bad. Okay, Matt, your aim question. What bands have tapes for sale at the car wash? Oh, God. Okay. Um, what is it? Marge calls it. I think she calls it crap rock. Or is it wuss rock? Come on, Matt. There's four um, of them. You got this. Hall- okay. 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 It's Hall and Oates. I'm pretty sure. Um, Bing Crosby. Still is Crosby still this? <laughs> what was that, Matt? So many bands I have never heard of. Um. <laughs> I know Air Supply was one of them. Okay, so you, you've said two. You've said two bands so far. There's two more to go. Uh, this is a medium question. Jesus, is it spoken uh, out loud, Matt? It is. Okay, it is. Um, I'm going to say Crosby, Stills, and Nash. I don't think that's right, but it sounds kind of similar. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Hall and Oates. Again, I think it's something that sounds like that. Um. <laughs> Are you sticking with Air Supply? Seal, I'm sticking with Air Supply and Seals and Crofts. I'm pretty sure that one's real because I can hear her saying it. But I know those other two are not right. So you're just going to have to tell me what the other two are. Okay, so Air Supply is one. Seals and Crofts is one. Okay. So those are both real bands. And then Pablo Cruz, also real. Really? Who? I've never heard of Pablo Cruz. Did you, have you listened to a lot of 70s slash 80s wish rock, man? No, I, I don't listen to any music at all. I know. Uh, that's my point, man. And the last one is made up. Uh, it is Loggins and Oates. What? Uh, is that a mix of Kenny Loggins and Hall and Oates? It is. It is. It is those two. Those two dudes in a band together, which never. I. I don't it's, think it's, it's, they, the, it's the Lisa backup band. Yeah, uh, it is exactly that. I don't think they've. That's, ever, that's a trivia question for you. Who is in there? I am confident those men have Who's met each other Lisa? and know each other. But I don't think yeah. they ever have performed officially recorded music together. They may have. I don't know. They're they are both active at the same time. Um, but that, that, that I'm sorry, Matt. How do you get half a uh, one point out of the two for getting half of them? I believe last week and the week prior, I also got about half of the medium question right. And you, yeah, but uh, you're in the lead by so many points. Uh, I can't be giving you free points. Well, I can't be giving you free points because you'll catch up. Sure, Robbie. Sure. What's my medium question, Matt? All right, your medium question. Who was the celebrity on the maiden voyage of North Haverbrook's monorail? Oh, man. That's my medium question? Um, Let's see. Monorail, North Haverbrook. I have no idea. I'm going to say... I want to say that it was like a, a, a joke on the fact that they had Nimoy. So they had another kind of that kind of actor character actor um because i can't remember it i'm just gonna have to make a good guess um or they just threw in a joke which is probably the actual answer i'll say conan o'brien you're kind of sort of close uh is gallagher oh gallagher and a celebrity on the maiden voyage was gallagher i've seen gallagher live man have you how is that uh, how do you feel about racist humor? 
I'm I'm not a fan. Not a fan. Well, then you probably won't enjoy seeing Gallagher live. Oh, okay. He knows how to smash a watermelon. I'll give him that. Fair enough. I would say the smashing part segment of the show, enjoyable. The rest of the show, I, it is a, it is a, about two steps below a, uh, what's that ventriloquist, ventriloquist fella? Um, you know, uh, the, the, Mike, the, uh, Dunham, Jeff Dun- Dunham. Yeah, Jeff Dunham. He's about two levels below that in the racist humor scale. Wow, that's pretty bad. Like, in a worse way or worse, a better way? Worse, worse, yeah, worse. Oh, okay. uh, and also misogynist and, and, and various other isms and ists, I would say. Uh, not 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 great. Uh, uh, not And also not terrifically. It's more sad than anything. So if you, if you feel like feeling sad, I would say go see a Gallagher show. I don't usually feel like that, so okay. thanks okay. for the warning. Yeah, it's a, it's a good warning. Um, you ready for a hard question, Matt? I suppose. What? are the bumper stickers on the back of comic book guy's car oh okay this i know oh um, no i miscalculated <laughs> yeah you really did um let me see here okay kang is my co-pilot um my other car is a millennium falcon how many are there five. Oh god okay crap okay i don't have this thing <laughs> um there's one about starfleet academy my child is something at starfleet academy and crap. I that's it. I got nothing. That's all so, I got. I thought I had this, but apparently there are more than I thought. There's a, it's a yeah, surprisingly good uh, a few of them. Uh, my other car is a Millennium Falcon. That is uh, that's one that's featured front and center in the episode, so it's a little easier to remember. Kang is my co-pilot. Um, my child is an honor student at Starfleet Academy. Uh, I break for tribbles, and the truth is in here. The truth is in here, huh? Yeah, know. versus the truth is out there. The truth is in here. I'm sorry, Matt. Well, I can't say I'm surprised at it, you. It's a hard question. Mm-hmm. What's my hard question? Your hard question. What magazines were in the confiscated item rooms? items room in separate vocations? Oh, it's like blank, blank, and blank, blank. I think there's three, right? Are there three? Yes. Oh, are they... Hmm. I think I'm, I'm, st- I, I'm, it's one of, th- I, I have, is it, oh, is it mad, cracked, and the, and Skinner calls it something, Skinner says something, something crazy magazine. I seem to continually underestimate you. I, I, Matt, I don't, I don't know if you remember me telling you this. This was a long time ago when we did that episode, but mm-hmm. Separate Vocations is one of the three most watched episodes uh, for me because it yeah. was on a VHS tape that I watched over and over and over again when I was a child. I know, I know, but still, I, I wouldn't have thought you would have uh, gotten that. I can, like, I can quote, th- like, you can quote, like, most every episode you've ever seen word for word. Uh, Separate Vocations is like that, is one of the few I can't quote almost word for word. Like, I, I can picture that. that entire episode in my head. So, Matt, that brings us back out to a 10-point lead. For me. <laughs> I like this eye. Mm-hmm. It's enjoyable. I don't get this. I haven't had this experience yet, Matt, okay? We've done this, sure, like, si- we've sure. done this for, like, for six, seven, seven, eight seasons now. I've never felt this way before, so you got to excuse me. I just, uh-huh. I, I, uh-huh. I'm mad with power. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, I'm just going to go listen to some logins and oats. <laughs> good old logins and oats. Good old logins and oats. 
Um, that that's it for the new Google Trivia Challenge this week. Uh, we can move on to our final segment, the segment we end every single episode with. It is time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is a part show where men and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. I don't know if I made it made myself clear throughout this episode, Matt, but I absolutely hate this episode. Well, obviously, I mean, the real question at this point is, is this the worst or is it the second worst? See, that's the, that is the thing. I, I, I historically, I've always hated this episode more than anything else. But there are some redeeming qualities in it. I, I genuinely appreciate a few things in it. Um, but I, I think the thing that stands out to me is it just does so much wrong and it's just confusing and confounding how wrong, how bad it does things like it is on that level. Like when you say it's either worse or second worst, like that's the level it's when you dish upon a star is the only other episode. I think that you can't, that you can even, you can go, what on earth were they thinking? Like, like in, in, in Kenny trouble screaming, yellow honkers, Make room for Lisa beyond Blunderdome. I I can see what they're going for, and they just do it colossally bad. And this is similar at first, but then it just like the whole is this a parody question rises up. But I'm also of the mind is am I just bringing up that question because otherwise this episode is so bad that it makes it makes so little sense that I have to try and frame it as. Maybe this is actually an attempt to make a bad episode. Maybe them trying to write the worst Simpsons episode. But, I don't know. I think it has, like, I like Duncan way more than I like Alec Baldwin or Kim Basinger in When You Dish Upon a Star. But When You Dish Upon well, a Star, yeah. ha- it it doesn't have any elves in it. You know, it, it when I will, it's a weird non, it's like the non-Simpsons episode, Simpsons episode. But this is a Simpsons episode that is just so insane. I don't know what to do with it. Um, I, I, I think it has to go last. I, I just I, when you dish upon a star is terrible, and I don't want to watch. It's terrible in a realistic way. Yeah, and I think that I don't know if that makes it better. They're both so bad. I don't. I, I, I can't. I don't want to say that I'd rather watch when you dish upon a star. When you dish upon a star does have Ron Howard in it. Yeah, has lawnmowers. We grass and vodka has that. I don't. This this episode is just so frustrating and so insane. I don't know if that. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Like, is it? Is it like? Is it so bad it's good? And if I'm even asking that question, does it automatically put it at the bottom of the list? Like I said, man. I don't know about automatically, but I think. <sighs> In a total concern, it has to because it is just the most out there thing that we have ever seen. Yeah, and I, I, I think the thing, I think this is the thing that cl- that that clinches it in last place for me. It is the comic book guy stuff in it because it is needless. It's a joke. It is a self indulgent joke. It's, it only it is only for the writers. That is a joke that the writers liked, so they included it. It has nothing to do with making the best art possible. They went, oh, let's make fun of internet people, of internet fans, because they criticized our show. And it's a type of bitterness that I can't condone. I don't care what they've done. If you want to make a sh- if you want to make an episode about internet trolls, then do that. Don't put it in my 
this random weird terrible thing and make it worse. <sighs> so last placement. I think that's fair. Again, this is like again when you're when we get to the bottom here, it's just miring in a like miring in a pit of, of sadness. Um, that's Saddle Sword Galacta. Last last on the list, worst episode ever, number two twenty five. First on the list is still Homer's Enemy. Long long distance between those two episodes. Uh, you can find this list on our website, thesimpsonshow.com. Links to everything there. Facebook, Twitter, RSS feed. To our Patreon, if you want to throw us a couple more dollars as we go through some of the worst The Simpsons have to offer. Speaking of the worst The Simpsons have to offer, our next episode is Alone Again, Natural Diddly. I'm not going to comment on this. You can wait as long as you want. I just, it's been a long time since I've been traumatized in this way. I don't want to make it come across any sooner than it has to. I, it's, it's the death of Maude Flanders, many, which many people point to as the official, like, jump the shark moment of the show which i at, at this point strongly disagree with it jumped the shark well before this um but it also also a, dis- a display open display of the simpsons not wanting to negotiate with a voice actress so they just write off her character <laughs> and that's that kind of just bold display of editorial mandate always really puts me off really badly and also it's i really like i flanders is a great character and then we'll see i don't know i i haven't seen this episode in a long time i've purposely not watched it in a long time because i don't like it so we'll see how it goes maybe it's better than i remember matt maybe it's better than we remember no let's hope let's hope okay um i think that'll do it uh before we go you can find me on twitter at robbie dorman uh you can check out my other podcast the handsome boys comics hour it's about comic books and the serial fanaticist, it's about a bunch of nerdy things I talk with my friends uh, about stuff. Right, Matt? You're on in there sometimes. I am. We talk about fun things like Harry Potter and The Lord of the Rings, which I'm I'm working on, I promise. Okay. Yeah, I know. Me too. Um, Matt does not participate in social media. Unless there's a certain level of Patreon backer, you will not find him. Uh, that's true. However, the winter has finally come to Florida. Tomorrow, the high is 72 degrees, and I will be hunkered down. Uh, behind uh, in, in my bunker uh, I'm waiting for the snow drifts to come by so I, I think the best option we have at this point uh, is uh, you know smoke signals uh, if you can get build a large enough fire not only will it warm me up it'll send me a message with that I'm Robbie and I'm Matt keep watching the Simpsons Shh.